Welcome back to Full Circle Reviews. Tonight we'll be reviewing the 1999 found footage horror flick called The Blair Witch Project. We are joined today by Justin. Hello. And Luke. That's me. And of course, Kristen here. This movie was Luke's pick. It was. So it starred Mike Williams, Josh Leonard, Heather Donahue. And uh, Luke, with it being your pick, do you want to give us a little bit of a synopsis here? Um, I'd love to. Um, I guess I'll give a basic one. And it's uh, three college students um, decide to explore the lore of the Blair Witch, which is a kind of a... I don't know. At the time of the beginning of the movie, it's at least open for debate whether it's real or not, depending on who they interview. Um, But they decide to go and capture and film different landmarks that have to do with the Blair Witch. And the latter part of the movie has them in camping, camping in the woods to film these and shenanigans horrific shenanigans ensue at that point. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yes. When I think shenanigans, I think comedy. I don't think they were funny. Shenanigans is not the right word. You're right. However, it's what came to mind. Okay. And you're not the one giving the synopsis. So correct. Zip it. I just want our listeners to not be confused. Well, chances are seeing as how the movie is as big as it is, there are listeners that already know what the synopsis is. That but it's like, not a comedy. Yeah, that is not a comedy. The Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Okay. So I believe, weren't they trying to do a documentary on how to survive in the woods and then combined with the Blair Witch idea? No, I don't think so. It was, she had a book that said how to survive in the woods that she showed at the very beginning. Okay. But she was taking that just as reassurance in case something happened. That's right. Okay. I knew I had that written down for a reason. Like foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah. Heavily. I don't think any of them were like avid campers. No, they were very much babes in the woods. They couldn't even read a fucking map. Well, it's, Uh, it's, we'll get into that, but it's open for debate whether or not the aforementioned shenanigans were going on at the point where the map went missing. Correct. So Luke, was this like the first real big found footage? Is this kind of what set the found footage genre? Yes, it is. It's what put it on the map. Okay. Um, in the research I've done, because this is kind of my, my thing, found footage, um, cannibal Holocaust is the, I'm sorry, Justin. Huh? Um, you said something, but I didn't. We're good. Okay. Um, he did say something. But... I thought he did too. Continue. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so yes, it was cannibal Holocaust. Okay. And I want to say that was either the early eighties or the late seventies. Awful. It's, it's about what you'd expect. Um, but it didn't get the mainstream notoriety that the Blair Witch got. And the marketing campaign of the Blair Witch project was just so insanely on point and well-funded that it just blew up. It had no choice but to blow up and birthed a genre that now is so goddamn oversaturated with garbage. Could you, could it be argued that because it was the, the film that put this genre on the map that the other films of the genre don't quite stand up to it? I feel like it was so well done that it's hard to touch. I would, I would agree. It is kind of the measuring stick, Yeah. Um, but there are good found footage movies. They're out there. Um, be it final prayer, be it Cloverfield. There's, there's several that I'm probably not even thinking about. Definitely not the Bay. Definitely not the Bay. I would agree. I don't think he liked project X either. I, I am not. A f- <laughs> <laughs> For the record, we just got done watching that. It, yeah. Um, no, not a fan of project X, but yes, it is the measuring stick. Blair Witch Project is probably if a found footage movie is ever being talked about, it's either going to be that name will be brought up or thought about, at least in that circle. I think that's fair. Any input on that, Justin? Yeah, I kind of liked it. Okay. I don't know that I would classify it as a horror movie, though. I feel like it was a suspense. Can I press you on that? You can go okay. ahead because I feel like the whole movie was suspense because you're continually waiting for something to happen and very little does. Whereas in a, most horror movies, they're very uh, visually, audibly, audibly, and uh, the third one's escaping me, but it's mostly instant gratification. It's going for shock factor. It's going for value. This movie isn't like it gets your heart pumping. It gets you waiting for something to happen 
and a lot of the times nothing does. I so totally that's why I feel disagree. like it's too. Completely disagree. Yeah, it's it's the less is more. It's yes, you never see the witch. Yes, you don't know what happened to them, mm-hmm. and that is left up to the viewer's imagination. However, you have enough clues, enough rock solid clues to know that something bad was happening to them. Are you sure? Yes, I'm okay. sure. I, I think there's enough elements to classify this as a horror movie. I think you could argue that the first probably two thirds of it is a psychological thriller. Sure. Okay. Cause there is that it is mostly in your head. I think one of the most artistically creative and well done aspects of this movie is the fact that you are terrified and see nothing. Correct. It's not that nothing's happening. It's that you don't see it. So you were terrified. Who scared the shit out of me. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, um, used to this genre. I'm used to horror movies in general, but this movie still gives me the creeps. Oh, and yeah. it's, it is amazing. It is, there is something to be said about that when, like you're mentioning, there's, you don't see anything. It is left up to your imagination, but it's done so well that, I mean, you have no choice but to be scared, I feel like. I'd like to argue some of the points that would make it a horror film. Go ahead. So there's the idea of a witch, of some kind of a haunting or a tormenting, mm-hmm. right? There's the element of children. Of, no, not, that's not. A horror movie. They were like ghost children. Okay, that wasn't where I was going. No, okay. But there's elements of portal. There's elements of imminent doom, of death, of being hunted. Of ghosts, hundred percent. Okay. So I I think their their sheer fear and terror. Well, you can't argue that's a comedy. There's also definitely not a comedy. There's also elements of like maybe even some like sci-fi horror elements, like uh, a time dilation as well. Yeah, the portal. The portal. That's what I was kind of talking about. That's uh, that's what you meant. Yeah, the time dilation. The the portal. There's there's plenty of elements that are namestays in the horror genre. Symbolism of evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would I would argue. Obviously, it's horror. So my take on the movie. I thought it was excellent. Right on. Good. I I don't like it. No. Let me let me let me be that really clear on that. I fucking hate this movie. Yeah. Whoa. But it's so well done. I think it was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching it again. <laughs> I watched it when it first came out. It scared me. It scared me significantly more now mm. than it did then. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, Why do you think that was? Because you, you due to the podcast, were, were inclined to pay more attention? No, I think because things, especially the psychological thriller type aspect of stuff, scares me a lot more as an adult than it did as a teenager. I think a lot Don't of it you? has to do with like I mean, that invincibility complex that we have as young adults and teenagers well, where this stuff is never going to hurt us or sure. it can't be real. Things didn't As you get older, you realize way. weird shit happens and stuff like that kind of is real. That was fucking weird. Did you catch that? I did. Okay. All right. There's a weird flash on our TV that made no sense whatsoever. I just were talking and about it that. caught our attention. <sighs> Anyways, that's Skin the crawl. bear anyway. witch. It didn't happen. This movie gave me a serious anxiety during the whole movie. After the movie, I am terrified of the dark. Like when you talk about someone's phobias, like I don't like spiders. I don't like bees. I am terrified as an adult of the dark and the whole movie, the scariest parts of the movie to me were the scenes where it was a black screen and all you could do was hear what was happening. So it's more the fear of the unknown is because I mean, the dark symbolizes the unknown. Yeah. Um, ish because you know, there's sounds, there's voices, you we can't don't know see it. You don't know when something's going to pop on the screen and nothing really does. Right. Like a lot of the time it's just branches breaking. Right. Like it's the first true. couple nights. It's true. The first couple nights could, are relatively innocent until they find Correct. the stick figures. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was when they were losing hope mm-hmm. and, and lost, lost the map and lost the map. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's take it back a second. Yeah. So Luke, how did you hear of this movie? Uh, being a teenager, when this, this movie came out, there's no way you couldn't have heard about it. Right. The advertising campaign was, was just all over the place and it was all we were talking about in school. It was just, I mean, even the people that hadn't seen it, the trailer was all they talked about. And this is, you know, back in cable days, back before you can just stream something. So it was like, we were scheming to see 
or like who was going to see it? Who who right. out of us young teenage young adults were going to be able to see it first and talk about it? And it was just everywhere. It was everywhere. And it's an it's really a testament to an advertising campaign done perfectly well, in my opinion. OK, who do you think is the target audience? I'm going to say young adults. I'm going to say young adults around the age of 17 to 25. Okay. Kind of the similar age to the protagonists, I guess they are. Yeah. College students. Yeah. So would you say 17 to 25 at the time of the movie coming out or permanently? Permanently. Okay. Yeah. That's how it feels. Okay. What would you say? Either of you. Tend to agree. I think I might extend that 25 to maybe 30 or 35. Okay. I think it's timeless. And that, or ageless should be the right word. I mean, this movie came out quite a while ago. Yes. And I mean, over 20 years ago. And it's, I think, just as scary today as it was then. I I think because it's not based upon graphics. It's not based upon CGI that dates itself. I think the idea of getting lost in the woods is going to be terrifying to most age groups. Yes. So I think, while yes, the target audience probably is late high school, mid-college, just out of college students. I think that anybody of any age that likes scary movies would enjoy it. I, I don't, would, I I don't think it's one where it's just, you know, oh, if you're out, outside of that age bracket, you're not going to like it anymore. I think it's a perfect movie to watch getting ready for a backpacking trip. Eh, it'll definitely make you more cautious. Yeah, You'll have a great time because none of that shit's going to happen to but you. But the thing is, is like, I don't, I, I, I tend to agree. I feel like the movie itself doesn't hold up in, anymore to the younger generations these days. Oh, maybe and, not. And it's kind of like what you mentioned about the, the instant gratification and seeing what's hunting. There's no, you know, no blood and guts. And nobody wants, it's the same reason like Jaws kind of doesn't hold up because the shark is seeing very little in the movie. Mm-hmm. And usually the shark is just implied. Psychological. Exactly. Yeah. You hear so, the music and you know, death is coming. Right. Or yeah. they have the barrels to imply the shark mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, I just, I feel like these days people don't have the patience to sit through something that makes them think. I mean, let's be real. They don't like paranormal activity anymore. In that movie, you literally never see anything. That's true. I mean, that's kind of its thing. Yeah. Not seeing anything. It's kind of, they kind of pulled, you know, the found footage and their scare, their psychological scare tactics from Blair Witch. Yeah, it's true. Took a different idea with it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more on the, the setting and whatnot. So these three students go out. Burkittsville, right? Burkittsville, Maryland. Yes. Correct. Which was formerly called Blair. It was. That was the name of the town. And they actually changed the name of the town, supposedly, because supposedly, of. Because of the. This. All the events, yes. And this was because a lot of children had died in the 1940s. Right. The Ellie Kedward pronounces a witch and she was, uh, I'm sure you have it written down, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, she was pronounced as a witch because she was doing blood ceremonies on children and she was taking out. see somebody see her floating? Well, that's when they were looking for one of the children. On. Yeah, I think that was later on that where they were interviewing yeah. folks that were talking Mary about Brown. stories and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, but Ellie Kedward, she was uh, taken out into the woods in the middle of the winter and tied to a tree and left. And it was during a particularly harsh winter, I guess. And what ends up happening is people come out a few weeks, maybe months later, and her body's gone. And the following season. Half of the chil- the children in the town got went missing and were never found. Or were found in the corner. No. no it was Weston Parr later on. That's right. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting um, and, and slightly terrifying, too, that they took seven kids by twos. Yeah. You know, Weston Parr. And they had one person facing the corner while the other was killed. So the kids never actually saw the other one die. So even... It's even more terrifying. That's even more terrifying because you don't know what's happening or what's coming. Yeah. Um, and I think that they kept you hear it. They kept that theme through the movie from the interviewees talking about that's what had happened to basically by this, you know, witch to basically what happened to these it's really, it's really the very only early foreshadowing. It's really the only circumstance where there is foreshadowing, in my opinion. Like, cause everything is an unknown except for that one interview where, I mean, it's very obvious. It's an integral part of the story. The old man telling that story about being taken down by two is mm-hmm. one face in the corner. Yeah. While I, the it. Murdered. I looked right at you. 
You've also seen this before. Yeah, but it had been almost 20 years. Oh, that's true. I don't remember anything from 20 years ago. Um, I did a lot of drugs, my friend. <laughs> I also thought there was a little bit, it was a little foretelling when they were interviewing the one woman and the, the child, Ingrid, was crying, but wasn't until the mom started talking about the witch and the child just oh, started yeah. crying. That was yeah. interesting. Recently, I saw, I saw something about then and now, like those, those, the mother and the daughter now, like, a, I don't, I don't know why this came to mind, but I saw an interview in some magazine or something of the, how now they're being interviewed about what it was like to do, to be in the movie and be interviewed about that. But yeah, it was interesting that the, the kid wanted nothing to do with her mom saying anything about it. Yeah. I also thought one of the visual clever aspects of the movie was the filming between the black and white and the color. Oh, the, the dat. Um, which was in my understanding was that was their official documentary footage. Yeah. yeah the black correct. and white. And then the other was just like B roll. It was the found footage, the found footage. Correct. However, they did alternate. It's all found footage yeah. at the end of the day because well, these people are all gone. Right. But. So I thought it was interesting. If you think of it in that artistic way, that it was, here's the documentary pieces. And then they interspliced the found footage of what was going on yeah. while they were doing the documentation. Yeah. So I thought that was very clever and very. I would agree. I didn't understand that initially. And I believe I actually looked at you, Luke, like what the hell is with, the, why are we going back and forth? It's, there's an obvious reason. Yeah. Um, it, it's like night tension. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So what do you guys think the purpose of the stick figures? Were? So if you remember they're out and they're, in their tents, right? They wake up and, or they're walking through the woods. I'm sorry. They're walking through the woods and they come to almost like a circle. It's like a a clearing. clearing, Yeah. Surrounded by these stick figure things. Do you guys know what the purpose of this? I don't have an answer for that. My theory is that it's her victims are, are, it's a symbol of her victims. That's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah. Instead of like a pentagram, which is your traditional like satanic emblem or like an upside down cross, like this is the symbol for the Blair Witch. Like, you know, maybe this is this is how many people have entered my realm. Right. And it's still if you really looked at the stick figure shape itself, it still is similar to a pentagram. It is. It is. Definitely. And I actually thought it was clever because it was terrifying, but it was less is more. And the there's nothing there's nothing individually terrifying about mm-hmm. that stick figure mm-hmm. until in and of itself together. until it's overhanging on every, but everywhere. And, and you look down and there's rock piles everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The now side. could we assume that the rock piles were like dead people? Well, the rock piles, it was explained that it was the seven, um, the Burkittsville seven, I think they're, they're called, which is the, the children that Rustin Parr killed. That's what they represented, which is why she goes, I don't know if this counts. I one, two, three, and she counts out seven. Of the rock piles that but, night. But then why did they have the rock piles outside their tent? Because there was three of them symbolizing okay. their, them. Their imminent deaths. Got yeah. It. So they just happened to post up camp in between three, which so is just impossible. the rock piles and the stick figurines are mutually exclusive, but both potentially associated to the same people. I, I don't know. I, well, I, let me jump in on that. Sure. So the uh, stick figures are actually a representation of a portal. Okay. okay. So the directors were actually asked about that. And they said that the stick figures, once they went around the tents. So if you remember, initially they walked in, there was a clearing and they saw the stick figures up in the trees. And they set up their tent. Yeah. And they set up their tents. Once those stick figures completely circled, they were never getting out of the forest. Okay. That so was they, that was in that an was interview. The directors. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And the reason for them was to basically now lock and tie these students to the forest, and they would never escape the witch or the forest alive. Interesting. And so they represented a portal for the witch. Interesting. Okay. So if you remember at the end of the movie, there was a, a questionable scene about the house. Yeah. And we couldn't really understand because the house was supposedly gone, but now it was there, and it was mm. very much there. Because the portal. Portal. So is it a time thing? I mean, it's it seemed time dilation, dimensional, or something like that. Like it's a, time, it's a time and dimensional. Okay. Portal. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and the rocks were just the representation of basically a the Rustin Parks. Par. Par. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His so. his victims. What an interesting choice of name. Rustin Par. Yeah. Why do you think they chose that name? 
I I don't know where you're going with this. Neither do I. I don't know. It just struck me as weird. I mean, it's it just seems common, like kind of like a backwoods name to me. Like, do you think they're out playing golf and just like? <laughs> I don't know. You know it amazes me. I never see these stupid things coming. You should. You know me very well by I now. I do. I do. So I have a question. Before they got to the stick figure stuff and the rocks, they went to Coffin Rock, they called it. Yeah, Coffin Rock. And this is where five men were supposedly bound and disemboweled and left. What was the purpose of that? I don't remember. That was Those men were a search party for... The, the kids for the children that Rustin Park kidnapped. Okay, and they never returned. And another search party supposedly found them, and that's when they found them disemboweled, tied their hands tied to each other's, other's feet. feet. Yeah, and that's where it all happened on Coffin Rock. And I believe it was almost in a pentagram. It was type there shape. was some kind of shape they mentioned. Yeah, There's a lot going out out there in those woods of Maryland. It's true. So interesting. Okay, but when they returned, so a man had come across them. Right. Or, or fishermen. And two, then two fishermen. Right. No, those no this is a search party. Oh, okay. Coffin, another search party. Got so it. they found the men. They went to go get help. They came back. The bodies were gone. Bodies were gone. But the but stench of death. Were there. The but vultures were seen at the rock and the stench of death was still thick. Correct. Yeah. That's, so. Um, so there's like more uh, historic lore. Yeah. And, and unsettling events. And portal events. Potentially. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. there's, there's. It, but it, that part to me didn't fit because everything else was kind of about like children or young adults. I thought it was interesting that they. So the fact that it was actual adult men yeah, didn't fit to me. Yeah, I understand. I mean, it could have possibly been something like, uh, like just a defensive, like, you know, not wanting this, the secret Story to be to discovered yeah, yet, maybe. something like that. But yeah, it is a little, it seems like it's very children oriented. Um, but yeah, the it doesn't fit. But it's but I think it's, characters are college students at the same time. I agree, young adults. Yeah, and I think, but I think it's necessary. It's like if without the coffin rock story, there would have been very weak reason to go and do this documentary. I think it just adds extra spice to it. I agree. I just when you talk about you know, uh, um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? A motive, right? For like the witch, because the witch was looking for kind of. Initially, it seemed like children, mm-hmm. right? Like blood things with kids. Well, probably looking to punish the town people around and what better way than to take away their children and their future. Well, I think it serves a real, the best purpose that hasn't been said yet is that it shows the purpose that the, the witch is very formidable, yeah. able to dispatch five grown men in a search party in that kind of manner with with that kind of efficiency, it yeah. shows that it is a formidable force. Agreed. I'll agree with you on that. Um, let's talk about our, our characters here. Okay. Let's talk about our three, our Heather and is it John and Josh Mike? and Mike. Josh and Mike. So Josh is a bitch. Josh is arguably kind of the, I think he's the most level headed of the bunch. I think that he was the realist. Of the group, like he was the one that was kind of like uh, Mike seemed at the end to be more level headed than Heather. Heather was just totally just fo- focus only oriented her focus on getting this documentary yeah. and getting her kind of claim to fame. Aspirations. I guess. She had no I mean, she had no stake in it other than the project Correct. being a success. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mike was only out there just because he was Josh's friend mm-hmm. and was asked. And Mike was the sound guy. Mike was the sound guy. Josh was the was the cameraman. Correct. Heather was the on camera talent. I guess and director and director. Oh, I wouldn't say talent, but yeah. well, it's it's what we got. That's what their their purpose was. Mm-hmm. But Josh, I think, for all intents and purposes, was the leader of the group. And when really? he was taken, it was it signified the falling. Of, was he taken apart. though, or did he willingly? I know go? there's theories. I know there's theories. However, let's just say that. He's the first to go. He's the first to go, regardless of what we believe happened to him. And once he left, the the feeling of hopelessness was tangible. It was just before that, there was still some hope. There was still like, we're all together. We Right. They're having a bad day. They're having. Yeah. It was just there was still hope of survival and salvation. But once Josh was gone, they knew they were fucked. Yeah. That's when all the weird shit started happening. Because then they stopped looking for 
uh, the car and, and looking for Josh. Mm-hmm. Could it be argued that he made the witch more formidable? It's Perhaps. it is possible because I think he nothing was the one had that really happened over. yet. It's true. It was just bumps in the night. And how, I have a question. How how can we say that the witch is formidable? Because is it the witch that is causing all these things to happen? Because in my opinion, at the end, it's the Rustin Parr or the spirit of him or the evil of it that takes these people out, not the witch. Well, before Rustin Parr was even around. So is the witch the connection? It's, it, it, that's the thing. That's why we're having this conversation. We don't know, okay. but we have precious few clues. Is it because the witch created the portal and the portal is what connected a, it a, connects you to everything? I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. It's very okay. possible. There's several things that are possible. So we talked a little bit about Josh. Okay. Let's talk about Heather. Uh, I find her insufferable, but yeah. go ahead, Justin. She's annoying. Like from the beginning, I just, for some reason, I did not like her. And I think it was very intentional that you didn't want to like her. I just set up like the rest of the movie of arguments that were to come. Her dramatic nature and uh, ego getting in the way of every decision that they were trying to make. Yeah, I had in my notes, I like Heather. And then directly after it, it says, never mind. She's <laughs> annoying. She is. She she was that. And I, I want to say they intended her to be yeah, very, 100%. very much so. Um, but it, I think it, I think the one thing that the movie really has going for it is a complete like personality clash. of 100%. And that's the next thing I wrote. I felt that the banter was painful. Yeah, it was. It was painful it was between forced. them. That's pretty bad. Yeah, because they're obviously not three best friends that mm-hmm. went on a camping trip. They're three people that have nothing in common. However, it doesn't seem like they even want to be there together. However, Heather and Josh allegedly had a prior had romance. A prior romance, yeah. That was so why ini- would you want to be together? Pause. That was the initial direction, and they scratched that right before filming. It seems like it wasn't really scrapped. It, to me, it seemed I like there was an called, underlying they, tone. Yeah. That's a fun fact I have about that. Okay. Yes. I'm going to join in and, and, and share that. So it was initially supposed to be that they had a relationship previously because they were in, they were film students together. They decided to do this task. So the directors actually had scratched the concept that they were supposed to be previously involved right before they filmed it. And what ended up being kind of funny is that the actress and actor naturally grew their own tension of hating each other. Did they hook up like on a drunken night or something? Don't know. It never said, but Mm -hmm. it did say that they naturally had their own tensions. So even though the director scratched that, you know, precursor background, it naturally happened. That is interesting because I mean, even before I knew anything about the backstory or the behind the scenes, it it did seem to me like there was something underlying between them. Mm -hmm. Their conversations seemed to have just a little more venom when things would go wrong. Yeah, some and serious disdain. Yes, exactly. Well said. A lot of that had to do with the fact that the actual actor was usually late. He held everybody up. Everybody was already frustrated the entire time that they were out in the woods. All they were fed was protein bars and bananas mm-hmm. for days. Well, he seemed like a burnout. And so. they were they were all frustrated. I, apparently, second fun fact. Apparently, Josh was not supposed to be the one that got taken first. But the directors, the directors were so frustrated with him (laughs) and his punctuality. There's actually a comment in the movie where Heather says, Mr. Punctuality, that was not that was her own frustration with him. (laughs) And in fact, that was supposed to be a cut scene. It was when he was pulling up with the car originally. Yeah. Okay. And so everybody was so tired of him that they wrote him out. All Which right. I thought was interesting. That so yeah, interesting. the natural tension. So originally Mike was supposed to be, be the first to go. Yeah. Yep. First, but they want, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And because they were so frustrated with him, I have a feeling that's why they scratched the backstory of him and her because they were, they may have alluded to more between them once Mike went. I'm inclined. So is that why him. they gave Mike the instruction to get rid of the map because they wanted him to be taken first? I don't know. Hmm. You mean behind the scenes? Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. Could be. 
Well, uh, behind the scenes, um, because they wanted the other two characters to get pissed at him. So then naturally you would think that he's going to be the first to be taken. Well, here's the deal. In one of the deleted scenes, one of the best deleted scenes I've seen, it's them all talking in the tent. Like, I think it's, I think it's the same night that the tent gets shook. Um, mm. and the kids hands are, um, there's a conversation. There's like a mate. I think so. Night four. Cause nothing there's, happened on the first three nights. There's a, there's a conversation between the three where there's, they're terrified, but they're still talking rationally. And the map is brought up and Mike saying, listen, I, I just for the record, you know, you pointing to Josh are the one that crumpled it up and threw it on the ground. I kicked it into the, into, into the, the river. river. Uh-huh. So there were, there's kind of, there's that, that Josh was kind of just as much of a hothead. And Mike just basically, because it never made sense to me. Mike said, I kicked that fucker into the river. It like, I don't understand. It's a piece of paper. How I didn't, it didn't make sense to me, but that adds a little layer to it that Josh actually was just as frustrated. Mm-hmm. He just didn't go that extra step. Interesting. So fun fact. So when he kicked the paper into the river, it was actually the drop message to him to tell him that he was supposed to kick the map into the river. So he ad-libbed on the spot. Very nice. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, they were they were all supposed to be very uh, adept at improv. In fact, that was part of their auditions. Learning a little bit about how it was filmed and it was meticulously put together. That day by day, they had no idea what they were going to be doing, but they would each be given like secret messages or drop secret messages in places that they were to find and be told what was what they were supposed to do or how they were supposed to react in a certain. Situation. I'm, guess, I'm guessing the others would be oblivious to some yes, of these things. Okay. They didn't know about wow, it. that is that is pretty meticulous. Yeah. So they also had a code word, which was taco. Okay. For when they wanted to speak out of character. Gotcha. So they were filming 24 seven. Yeah. And they never knew when they were or were not being filmed, or when they were or were not being recorded. Because you never know when you're going to get something that could be used. Right. And yeah. so they had a whole lot going on. Um, and so they had, if they wanted to speak out of character, they'd have to say taco, taco first to allow editing of that part. Stop. So when she called him Mr. Punctuality, she had already said taco <laughs> and they cut that part out and chose to keep, and chose Mr. To keep her comment because yeah. they didn't like him and he wasn't punctual. No. But what was interesting is when they did remove him from the filming, they brought him to Denny's and then sent him to a concert. So he definitely was a burnout. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, Denny's in concert. Well, it's nothing like biscuits and gravy. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Um, I do have a question, Luke or Justin, either one of you. Do either of you know what the green slime shit was all over the backpack and and personal belongings? So for some reason to me, it screams the sci-fi element. I feel like it has to do something with the portal and the a little bit of sci-fi because it's not something typically you see in a horror movie that doesn't have some kind of creature. I'm unless we're watching Ghostbusters, I guess. Slimer. I'm going to lean towards the symbolism of his stuff only, and he's the first to be taken. His stuff was the only one that was slimed. That was slimed, and he was taken the next night. And also, it kind of it, at so, times I thought it was a tracking. At at times, that's what before the Internet was as huge as as it is now. And I'd watch this movie in my in my past. That's kind of what it said to me was it was might have been a tracking like a way to track. So maybe it was like the portal dropped on him. Something, something, something. I think I'm wondering if you're going to come with it to him because I'm sure the question has been asked to the directors. No, I don't know. I I really didn't know. That's why I was asking. It's one of the few questions I do have about the movie because they did make that very. I mean, it was very, it was open-ended because open-ended, I feel like yeah. everything else had like a really specific purpose. Yeah. And that was just kind of other than being gross. I mean, maybe it was just that he was being marked. It's a marking for yeah. sure. I just don't know where it came from. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Cause either. I can't see it being a mark from the witch because the witch had the figurines and the different things. And then Rustin pars, his was like the handprints. Yeah. Right. That's what we would say was his. So that's the only reason I say it has to do with like what you touched on a little bit, a slight sci-fi element. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I almost feel like it was to really point out cause he is Josh is the cameraman, right? So yeah. he's got a, a, like a filtered reality of what's going on. And I think that made it pretty much omnipresent that he's been marked. Yeah, for sure. 
And that the camera basically is not going to protect him. No, it's not. But. Well, and that's about the time they had already started switching, like recording each other instead of him always being the one with the camera, right? Yeah. I mean, it is when, and it's when they even say filtered reality at one point saying that, you know, I see why you like using this camera so much. You could pretend things aren't the way they are. So, okay. So it was day five that Josh went missing. They were supposed to be in the woods, what, two or three days? It was, I think it was was two nights, three days. Yeah. 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 So day five, Josh goes missing. Day six, they found a bundle of sticks wrapped in Josh's shirt. Okay, outside of the tent. With like a fingernail and a bundle, or a separate bundle that of, had an eye, a it tooth. It was a shirt. Yeah, a shirt. Yeah. Body parts. Um, like a piece of his tongue Potentially or a testicle. That's what I always thought was it was a testicle. A testicle? Yeah. That's, That's what we thought gross. it was. I looked, I did look it up and it was a tongue and teeth. The tongue and teeth. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then didn't he like have like a shark tooth necklace or something? He did. That he was like bragging about, but then he lost. I don't think he bragged about it, but it was prominent on his on but he lost it at one point when they were like running when there was all the children and then all the hands went across the tent right when they were all three of them were running i don't remember him ever saying like mentioning that he lost it i thought he lost it because i remember remember. that when he went missing uh there was that scene when josh is like kind of defeated on the ground and saying i don't want to set up camp another fucking night man yeah and i remember the necklace being on him at that point for whatever reason so i don't remember him losing it so why do you think of all the things for whoever, right? Whether it's the witch or it's the gentleman par, whatever. Rustin par, Rustin local. Par. Okay. Regardless of who took Josh or if Josh just disappeared, right? Different theories here. Um, why would they get sticks wrapped with his tongue and his teeth? What is the purpose of that? I think just to show that the witch had him now. But why tongue and teeth? Why not a hand? Why not a foot? Why not his hair? Because his voice was being taken. I mean, that's the only thing we have to show that he's still alive at that point is his voice. They're the following that his night. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was screaming. Because he was screaming. And I mean, I, I wish I had seen it better. What was in that bundle? So it could be argued that's why he was screaming. Oh, I'm sure. It was, it was torture. Him, yeah. yeah. It. Could it be argued that it's his tongue and his teeth, A, to silence him in that moment when he's screaming, and B, to silence the story? True. Could be argued right? That, sure. Because if he's the cameraman, he's the he's recording and telling the story. Some good symbolism there. I agree. So one of the nights that I'd missed, and I apologize for going backwards here, but Josh disappeared on day five, right? The bundle of his remains pieces came back on day six. Night three was when they heard it was, I think the first time it was like audible voices other than just hearing like branches crackling and things shaking and things going bump in the night. But it was like kid voices, like come outside. Yeah. If you put the captions on that, depending on the medium you're using that, it does say that. Come play with us. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Creepy as Fuck. Yeah, and so I mean, not so much the voices, but the the sounds that are being made. Like it sounded like a to- like a a bullfrog to me. It was just it was just eerie. Yeah, you want to see something, but you don't. You want you want to have an answer to what's doing this, but you really don't. But I you want to be terrified, just to the point you are. Yeah, yeah. I feel like showing something would have taken away from it. I would agree. It agree. wouldn't be as big of a, a cold mm-hmm. hit if it did. Correct. Correct. So those voices were actually the director's neighbor's kids. So And so yeah. they were playing out front and they were trying to get him to come outside and he recorded their voices and then put that recording on a boom box outside of their tent in the filming. Jeepers creepers. How dirty, Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> so That's um, dirty. I mean, they really went all out to traumatize these people. And what they get paid like ten thousand dollars to do this movie? It was each? something pathetic. Yeah. Jesus. These people are probably traumatized for life. I I have a feeling they probably never went back in the woods camping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amen. So in that bundle of the tongue and the teeth, those actually were human teeth. The uh, producer had asked a dentist to use human teeth and was provided with actual people. That's disgusting. What? Why? Like the realism. realism. I suppose, but you could barely see it. It was so gross. Anyway, could have been anything. Oh God. But I guess it was cheaper to to use teeth from the dentist than it was to create a fake or buy fake teeth. Yeah. 
buy dentures and break them off. Gross. Shits are expensive. <laughs> um. So, Luke, what do yes. you think is the scariest aspect or scene? More, yeah. Either one. Um, hands down, and I, I'm just when I close my eyes here and I remember it, I, I get goosebumps. It's the scene when it's the night Josh after Josh went missing when. He's crying. It's obviously he's still in control of his voice because he's not telling him where he is, but he's just sobbing in in agony. Yeah. And it's just Mike. It's at the part where Mike is crying and says, tell me where you are, Josh. And just that scene right there gets me every time. And in the background, Heather's sobbing uncontrollably saying, I don't know where to look. You know, what do we do? Is it them? Is it them fucking with us? Was that the shot up our nose? No, that was the last night. That was the last night. Right? Yeah, but it's the scene when when Mike is is sobbing and he he knows that he, that he has to do something, but he doesn't know what to do. It's it's just that just gets me, and you don't see anything. All you see is their breath occasionally. It's just it's a testament to how much of a masterpiece it is, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, Justin. What about you? What are your thoughts on that same topic? Scary scene. Or or I concept. think I have to go with. I think it was night four when there was the banging on the tent and they started just booking it through the woods. And now they had left all their shit, left all their equipment and just left an area that scared the shit out of them. But they literally have nowhere to go except back to it. Right. And they had to wait until daylight. Yeah. It's a terrifying situation to think about. Yeah. How about you? So I think, I think the, the raw scene uh, up Heather Donahue's nose. So in that scene where she's standing there and she is petrified. Yeah. And it's the close up of her face and there's noises all around her. And in that moment, that was really her terrified because they were doing things all around her in the dark and she didn't know what was happening mm. or, or like what was real and what wasn't or what was real and what wasn't. And she'd been out in the woods for so many days and, and they still didn't know what the next scene or the next concept of this project was going to be. And it was a a sheer fear of reality versus the acting. And and where is that gray line? I get you. Um, And that to me was terrifying for not just an artistic movie, but for her her heart and soul. I, I agree. I mean, I, in that scene in the past, I've put myself in her position and thinking if this was real and that was me and they were fucking with her and it, huge, it would be, huge I mean, choice. if this, if this really happened and that was me and you have a flimsy tent to protect you and you know, you have no hope, you're starving, you're freezing, you're hunted. How hopeless would you be? And how terrified you, it's like nef- next level. Yeah distress you'd be. I mean, ultimately they were the Blair Witch because they did everything to them. The cast and or the production and the directors. Yeah. 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 So I think for me, that's probably like the scariest on scene scene. Yeah. I think the scariest aspect of the movie is the fact that you never see anything and you hear it and it's in the dark and shit like that make for nights afterwards in my own head made me feel like things were going bump in the night. In fact, two nights after we watched this, I was even joking with Justin and said, I think we need to sage the house. We had some weird shit. Happening. Because weird shit was happening in our house. Why didn't you tell for me? Like 3 a.m. ish. Why didn't you tell me? Like things falling off a shelf in the closet that should not have fallen off the, the shelf the in the middle of the fucking night. Like weird shit happened for shit a few days. Shit in the days. guest room, slamming down. Yeah. It Really? Uh, yes. No. Yes. I swear. Yeah. And each time it was just after three. Yeah. Witching hour. It scared the hell out of me. Did I house sit for you guys after this shit happened? Yes. Okay. Just curious. I'm not going to get you. Did you hear weird shit too when you were here? No, I didn't, but I probably would have if I would have known this. Exactly why we didn't tell you. Thank you. I guess. No, it was, it was weird. That's creepy. I literally, I almost called Scarlett. If you're listening, girl, I almost called you. Um, but yeah. We were afraid it was her grandparents and then they would go. So that's, that's I what I was afraid smudged. of. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't smudge that. I didn't do the saging because I. I don't. I see. Their spirits are here, and I don't want to lose that. I got you. Um. Anyway, so that's. Um, well, I'll tell you when I went and saw this with a couple of my buddies in the theaters. 
when we got back to my house hold hands? Afterwards, no okay. afterwards once we got back i went my friend sam was still there he was in my room and i went to go to the bathroom and i come back and this guy has the lights off standing in the corner so imagine being a no, teenager and no. yeah yeah no. so that's pretty epic it was it, it totally like now that i think about it and looking at your smile i know for sure you would have done that and you would have continued to do oh, that i'm just gonna He's pick smart my enough not to do well. that to me because he will yeah. really regret it he would. she hits me in the balls enough <laughs> it's not intentional that it would be though if you pulled Absolutely. that accidental so anyway um i think that if i were to critique the movie at all my biggest critique is that i don't like and this is me in general, right? It's personal preference. I don't like that it was never explained in the movie why they couldn't get out of the woods. Gotcha. Now, reading the behind the scenes, reading the director's interview as to the portal and the, great. And I understand that that's part of the found footage is you don't necessarily have answers because everybody dies and you, you just get what was on film. That just bothers me. Though. So are you saying it's it's kind of a critique because you feel like the director at the time didn't have any a reason for it either? No, I just think That's it's a personal of, preference of mine. That I, I just you. I like to have things make a little bit more need a little bit of information. Yeah, clear sense. I got you. So they it's take not the really whole, critique. It's more of a personal it's like sh- preference. Shades of the night house. Like you had determined for yourself what you thought about. I got you. Every so it's a little part. too obscure, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, you yeah. need a little more. Okay, gotcha. I would like it to have just a little because bit too I much like, open to interpretation. Gotcha. I felt like so much of it was so meticulously planned that they intentionally didn't do that. Yeah. And that was just my own preference. I would have preferred that there be like some, some way that they dropped in that, Hey, it was a portal. Yeah. Other than because at the end we kind of questioned like, Hey, that house shouldn't have been there. It wasn't there. It's there. Was there time travel? Is it dimensions? But that was never linked to the stick figures in the movie. Yeah. I had to read and the if director's you the half sentence about it in the beginning of the movie. You really would have no fucking clue where it came from. Correct. And so it was, I had to read the director's interview to understand. And I was like, Oh, okay, well that makes sense. But I would have liked for me to not have to read the director's interview to understand. I got it. you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the best, the best thing for anybody who is watching this, that has kind of the same thing is to watch the curse of the Blair, Witch, which is like an hour long made for TV, like mockumentary. Okay. And it provides, it, it, it still goes down the path of this is real, like, and does interviews with like Heather's grandpa and stuff like that. But it, it answers a few of these and it provides more validation, I guess, to some of the theories. Okay. So you're saying I have to watch another movie to understand a movie. And it's an hour long documentary okay. that I remember was, I remember seeing advertised on TV guide and it's actually I watched it shortly after seeing the movie and it seriously helped. Hmm. Interesting. So, I okay. mean, I I actually have a book at home that is, it's some, it's called something of the Blair Witch and it has all the journal, all of Heather's journal in it. It has all the newspaper clippings. So when I say next level advertising campaign, these fuckers went out and like Lord of the Rings style create languages and shit for real, dude. I mean, there was literally like 70 something pages of Heather's journal of newspaper clippings of interviews, like police interviews with people. It was, it was insane. Like how seriously they took it. They knew they had a gold mine. Yeah. Well, and that was Luke. Tell us a little bit more. I believe that, um, it was like for a year after the movie came out that these actors actually stayed in hiding. I think that was part of their disclosure agreement is in order to keep the, up with the realism. They because had that was the to. thing. It was it, this came out and it was very well widespread belief that this was real. Because the one of the one of the best marketing um, aspects they used was the missing posters of the three. Um, I guarantee you, even if you haven't seen this movie, you've seen this poster some not somewhere out there, but somewhere on TV. It's. So they had to, they couldn't have these people doing interviews on Letterman the night of its release. Right, right, right. Because they're supposedly dead. They're supposedly dead. And they wanted to keep the mystique of this could possibly be true out there. And the fact that these, these actors had to stay somewhat for lack of a better word in hiding Uh helped that. Uh Okay. Um, I think another thing that I would, I would <laughs> Paul is snoring. Yeah. Um, another thing that kind of gets to me is how was the camera footage found? It was in found in the, in the ru- ru- ruins of Rustin Parr's house. 
um, underneath some rock. Uh, it was like under because the that's foundation. What the second movie, right? Yeah. This oh, the is they found the footage and then they went to go and investigate what yeah, happened. Yeah, it to was them. like the second movie is kind of like a play on what is reality because it it goes into the the craze of the Blair Witch and people are going to Burkittsville on these guided tours of these places that supposedly don't exist, but. It supposedly was found underneath the foundation in Rustin Parr's burned down house. And it was found, what it was said in The Curse of the Blair Witch is it was found in such a way that the house would have had to have been built on top, on of, top it. of it. Yeah, right. there's no, they, in Curse of the Blair Witch, they actually have an interview with like a geologist or some, some kind of ologist that has something to do with these things saying that, you know, there's no way that could have been put in there post production of the house. Okay. So, so again, I would have to watch another movie to understand that. Yeah, pretty much. 43 minutes and 55 seconds of something. Yeah. That's That's dead on goals accurate. Yeah. So I think, so that would be my other critique would be that I would have almost rather had like a, a five minute segment at the end of the film, right? Where the footage was found. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, we found, holy crap, we came across this camera. What the hell is this? And then it starts at the beginning of the movie. You know what I mean? To almost answer that question for me, because yeah, I understand that it's found footage. Like that's great. But if it's supposedly in a house that's through a portal and this, that, and the other, how'd they find it? So that. Yeah. They they really don't go in. They really don't go into that whatsoever. So I wish they would have yeah. is my critique. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair critique. It's a second critique. Yeah, it is. Does anybody else have any uh, critiques or wishes or thoughts or hopes or prayers? I don't. It, st- it sticks to me to this day. I really have no real criticism about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I have criticism, but I think the criticism I have is only character related. And it was important that these characters exactly. were could the way be they criticized, were. Yeah. yeah. I think the only th- other thing that could have been different for me was the ending sequences could have been a little bit more. Everything was so Raced. abrupt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I, I think it was intentional for that because it was like it, the movie got your heart pumping and then it pumped and pumped and pumped and pumped and done. Yeah. You know I think I mean? that just like you're kind of alluding to it. It, it that's found footage in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. It's like if, if it was going to be real and be believed, then it had to end like that. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have a wind up. but I do understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. And again, it's not really a critique of the movie. Cause I think the movie was brilliant. It's more of just a personal preference of it would have possibly made my rating a little higher. I got you. Right. Um, different strokes, different folks. I totally, I totally get that. Um, so I do have a couple of little fun facts. Straight up. Um, one of the aspects of this movie, actually, it's argued that the erratic storytelling and the abrupt, unanswered ending is what reinforces the found footage authenticity. I thought that was interesting. That that's, that's like a critique or critics. Is that kind of what I just said? Yeah. Pretty much. Okay, gotcha. Pretty much. I thought that was kind of to funny. My critique. Yeah. Yeah. So way to go, no, Luke. I feel Thank like you're, he must have read that before. I don't, not like for me. Like he said, he's researched this movie a lot. But I think that truly is what has made. <laughs> this is what found footage. Right. It created. It birthed a genre. It did. It really did. So, okay. On Naturally. To f- <laughs> on to some whatever, fun yeah. facts. So this particular movie, the audition process was pretty unusual. I don't know if you guys know anything about this. Luke, you've done a lot of research. Wasn't it? It was something to do with the the actors were, were given like an an extremely odd, like they had to improv something odd. Yes. And they had like no time to prepare, prepare. Yes. So the, it was an improv test. So first of all, going back to the, the ad for the auditions. The ad literally read, it's an improvised feature film shot in a wooded location. It is going to be hell. And most of you reading this probably shouldn't come. Yeah. And didn't they (laughs) originally, they weren't calling it the Blair Witch because they didn't want to scare people away. It was called like something Hills or. Oh, I don't know what it was called before. It was like the Black Hills or. 
Interesting. They didn't initially call it the Blair Witch, I think. Hmm. That's interesting. When they were casting for it because they wanted to get as many people to come as they could. And Blair Witch is kind of like, oh, I don't want to be in that. No. Yeah. That would, that would have turned me away. Um, although a, a hell in a wooded location that to me would be like, no, I'm good. Amen. Um, but they're, when they arrived for their audition, the improv test, as soon as they walked in, the actors were told that they've been in jail for nine years. They're facing their yeah, parole board. Okay. Why should we let you go? And if they even took a breath of hesitation, the audition was over. Yeah, I, I do remember That's hearing difficult. this. Yeah. That's so, These are the three fucks they've ended up with? Yes. <laughs> Apparently. Wow. These Good are the, the three lucky. Hey, these fucks, these aforementioned fucks, though, they made this movie. Sundance Music Festival Awards. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Music festival, movie festival, movie festival. Yeah. That too. So they had over 19 hours of footage that was edited down to the 90 minute movie. And they had eight months to edit it for the Sundance premiere. And I want to say on YouTube, I've only managed to find like six deleted scenes. Well, they initially cut it down to two and a half hours and then they cut it down further. Wow. I think the runtime is pretty, is it's pretty low. Like it's something it's like, like 90, 86 minutes or like something. 90 minutes. Yeah. Just yeah. That's there. probably with the credits. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, honestly, it feels like a much longer movie cause it's so scary. It kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then I think my last fun fact is that there is no actual script. In fact, the entire thing was improvised. It was a screenplay. It was a 35 page outline. Mm-hmm. They never wrote a single word of dialogue. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was meant to be fully Improv. improvised. And even as they were going along, they had a basic plan of what they wanted to happen, but they were coming up with ideas like filming the neighbor's kids voices. Yeah. And they, they came up with things kind of as they went to make it more and more terrifying. Interesting. That is interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure the outline had something story related, like this is what I want to happen in general. This is what we're going to do to them and we'll see how they respond. Absolutely. No dialogue being written is pretty, is pretty awesome. Right. And then they also waited to see their actors in action to figure out how to provoke them more. Gotcha. So they really did play off of. Well, they did a phenomenal job. There's still people to this day that think it was a real story. There are. So can either of you jump into the the theory that Josh actually didn't die and he was the one that killed everybody at the end? I remember reading a theory about I want to say it's Josh and Mike are in cahoots and they the whole time their plan was to kill Heather for being it such a hold insufferable water. bitch the whole time. Pretty much. It doesn't hold water though no, because not really. because in the end, you know, they're they all disappearing. Die. Yeah. And what did he pull his own teeth out? Apparently, yeah. For shock factor. But there, there are theories I've heard, but it's in the possible end, possible that it wasn't his teeth. If it, if, yeah, and he just found these teeth. It if the, it sounds like if this theory is true, there was preparation. So I'm sure, you know, he could have. So he's the tooth fairy for his neighborhood. Okay, Kristen, I'm going to talk to you. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> so, all right, it doesn't hold water. No, Definitely it's not. it's interesting to think about. Because it does add an aspect of psychological thriller as opposed to horror. And takes it away from horror, yeah. Yes. But at the end, if the last 30 minutes were not there, then possibly there would be its supporters. But I think it's, it's it's just overwhelming that... The evidence is there that there was something supernatural having happening to them. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Okay. Um, Justin, any thoughts to add? Mm. Likes, dislikes. No, I think we pretty much well covered everything. Um, there's there's a lot of things that I liked about this movie, and I thought it was very well done. There's very little that I didn't like. Excellent. Okay. So do we want to jump into ratings or budget, or how would we like to do this, Luke? It is your budget pick. First, budget first. Please, All right, please. gents. Does anybody know or want to guess at the budget? I swear I don't know this. Okay. But I'm going to guess 86,000. Okay. Box office, I'm going to guess 226 million. Okay. Justin? Now, would the budget include the marketing for the movie? No, but just the filming of the movie. Filming, filming only. Filming, acting, cameras, editing, sound. I'm going with. $200,000 budget. And I'm going to go with, I mean, this movie was a hit. 
Huge. Like, big, huge. Big. I'm going to go with like 250 million. Justin's a little closer. Wow. So budget was 300,000. Wow. Box office is 248.6 million. 250. All right. Pretty close. Well done. If Pretty. I was still wearing my hat, it would be off. I would have lost <laughs> on the prices, right? Though I was over. You were Correct. over. Correct. All right. Excellent. And then, so this got a 6.5 on IMDb. Thoughts on low. That's rotten, low. rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes. Probably a 78. I'm going to guess 84. 86. 80% liked it on Google and 81% like voted that they liked it on TV guide. Yeah. Oh, wow. That just, wow. How does that date your life right there? So everybody really took the time and fucking send that little sheet in. Oh, I'm sure they did. Wow. I'm sure they 100% did before the internet, dude, the world was a much better place. It was full of paper everywhere. The mail had a purpose. Still does. Right. It does. Bills. All right, Luke, will yes. you give us your rating first? Sure. I'm going to go A+. Plus. Okay. Oh, God. And it's not because I'm a sucker for this genre. It is. It is because I think it is a masterpiece, and I think the, the marketing campaign sticks out for me. The acting sticks out for me, and the fact that I've seen this at least 80 times, and it still gives me goosebumps and chills. It's... It's going to be, I feel like it's a movie that's going to be talked about 50 years from now still. So I'm going to go A plus. Almost I have halfway no, there. Nothing bad. I'm sorry? We're almost halfway there. Okay, sure. Okay, Justin? I can't give it an A plus. Yeah. Close. Okay. But I got to go A minus. Okay. Fair enough. Just for some of the reasons, uh, small critiques here and there. And really for me, it was just Heather. She was just. She was insufferable. Yes. Agreed. And I, I understand that a lot of that is who she is supposed to be, but God damn, she got on my nerves. Um, besides that and a couple other things, it might've been an A plus, but I got to go with a minus. Okay. Kristen. So I also give it an A minus. Okay. Um, I do have some critiques. I would argue that the, there is a lack of acting and it's more sheer terror because there is no scripting or t character development at all. And it's just kind of like, okay, you're lost Existing. in the woods. Now you're going to do this. You're going to kick the map. You're going to do that. And a lot of it was just their own improv. I think they're talented. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's not a matter of talent, but it could be argued that this is who these people are. It could be. I think it could be argued too, that it adds to the realism. Yeah, the fact that agreed. there isn't like some big exposition about how, you know, we're lost in the woods and we need to do this. The fact that they're freaking out and there's an F-bomb every three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of F-bombs. Oh, dude. There's tons like of Scarface all over again. Shit. Yeah. And, you know, that's not so much a critique as it is an observation for me as far as the um, whether it's acting or the realism. I think it worked excellently for this. I think. I hate the filming. I, I don't like found footage with this kind of filming where it's the rickety shaky hand filming where the camera's bouncing like as they're walking millimeter. through the woods. Everything about that is what I hate about found footage. Do you think it would have worked in any other way? No, thank you. I don't. Gotcha. And that's why it's still an A, yeah. A minus, but still in the A range for me because I'm, I think no, it was so I'm, beautifully I'm done. Um, I think it was terrifying. I think it was done in such a way that you can watch it in 50 years and it can still be scary. I would agree. Whereas it's not going to be, you know, like when we watch the movie. Because it's still psychologically damning. It is. And we when we watch the movie That's House sad. and the monster comes out with the red fingernails and the makeup and it's, well, the it's makeup Mimi. was, right. Well, while the makeup was good for it, it's time. You can't say that this movie was scary for its time. Yeah. It's fucking scary yeah. 20 years later yeah and even if people are desensitized in the younger ages now i think luke if you watched it 20 years ago you watch it now and you watch it in 20 years from now it's still gonna affect you it will right it will. and so that's what i mean where i say it holds up um i do hate the found footage jerkiness of the camera however i loved that they did the two different filming of the black and white versus mm -hmm. the color i thought they interspliced that really well i thought they did an excellent job of making the most out of the least. Well said. Right. So whether it's the stick figures 
where if you just look at the stick figure itself, it's not scary, but you see them all hanging in the trees. And it's like dominant haunting, mm-hmm. right? Same thing. Pile of rocks is yeah. not necessarily scary. And this one for each of them really scary. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, same thing. Black screen, which is the noises and the, and the breathing. And I think they did an excellent job standing of carrying in the corner. it. Out. Yes. Just, of carrying yeah. it out. And from a kid who spent a lot of time standing in the corner <laughs> as a child, that was terrifying. <laughs> um, so I do believe that the, one of the things that I feared most, but loved most about the movie was that artistically clever filming the black screen. I've never seen that done before. Yeah. Where it's just a black, there's nothing on the screen. Just the occasional branch, just the occasional breath you could yes. see. It's yeah. It's, I thought it was again. And you, you the whole time you're on edge waiting. Yeah. You're just okay. Something's gonna happen. Suspense. And it works. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that they didn't ruin it by doing something visually that Some screwed up the psychological clown looking witch or something like they did in 2016 Blair Witch. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that exactly. But, yeah, it's soft reboot. Okay. All right. Then so, they show the witch. Oh, see, that arguably, would ruin it. Why is arguably. That would ruin it. Because it's it's a very similar. It's it's in the same it's in the same universe as this. It's a guy looking for Heather, his sister, and he takes people out to the woods. Same thing. They get lost, but they have technology now. They have drones. Um, they have GPS shit like that. So but how is it soft if it's a direct it's, familial connection? But the thing is, when I say soft reboot, it's kind of like it's the same story. So if Heather was a stepsister, would it be a hard reboot? Just. Wow. Okay. So that, I'm laughing at the look you gave me. That's that's all. I was still talking. Sorry. By go the ahead. Way. So anyway, I think the movie was excellently done. I give it an A minus instead of an A because I frankly just don't like it. Personal preference. I'm not going to watch it. I loved how it was done artistically. I think it was very clever. I think it was brilliant. I will never choose to watch this again. I will. Just because I don't. I didn't enjoy it, even though I can appreciate it. Oh, you'll watch it again. Anyway, um, I was actually also incredibly surprised by how well I thought they did with it. So that's my rating. A minus. So, so that's an A minus. A. a minus. A plus is an A. Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch 1999. Project. All right, 22 years later. 22 years later. Yes, indeed. All right, everybody. Full Circle Review signing off. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.